Reverse Interview Podcast, Episode 8. Now is the perfect time to find your dream job, but it requires a fresh look and a unique twist. That's why Charles Woolsey is here to extract proven solutions from today's experts and make your dream job a reality. Welcome to the Reverse Interview Podcast. Get in, get hired, get promoted. Here's your host, who lived in Texas for four months, Charles Woolsey. Have you ever made a career change and found out immediately that you made a mistake? That's why I was in Texas for four months. I was with Texas Instruments sitting in a room with nothing to do for four months waiting for a security clearance. I was hired to work on harm missile guidance systems, but as I sat in that room, I learned how much I didn't want to work for that company. I would have been gone faster, but I had to wait for my security check to clear before I packed up and left, which is exactly what I did the very same day my clearance came through. The only thing worse than being in a job you don't want is being in that job a day longer than absolutely necessary. That's why I'm so excited about my next guest, Gary Bowles. He's made much of his career about helping other people with their careers, and he came about it pretty naturally because it's somewhat of a family business. You see, his dad is Richard Bowles, author of What Color Is Your Parachute, which has sold more than 10 million copies over the last more than four decades. Gary's latest project is called E-Parachute to help you discover your strengths, explore your career options, and chart a path through the world of work. Here's Gary Bowles. So Gary, tell me, what was your first job? Well, you know, I think like, like anybody, I had uh, some of the early uh, series of, um, uh, you wouldn't call them throwaway jobs, but certainly, um, you know, things to make money, everything from making two piles of paper out of one uh, to... Um, uh, you know, doing initial, you know, really, really early data input um, when, when we don't think we even called it all that much data input. Um, but, um, but really the first, uh, uh, I guess you call professional job that I had was uh, working in the family business. Um, I was uh, 19, not all that interested in going to college. And uh, my father at the time had a, um, a nonprofit organization called the National Career Development Project which was focused on helping uh, job hunters, um, uh, career changers, and uh, career counseling professionals uh, doing workshops um, all around the country. And uh, so I actually became a staff member for my father's project. I was trained as a career counselor and began uh, training uh, 40s, people in their 40s and 50s uh, how to go through job hunting and, and career change, um, even though obviously that was a process I'd never gone through myself. That sounded like it would have been an interesting process. Was this before or after your father wrote his book? So he wrote the book um, when I was a teenager, actually. Um, just the real quick genesis of it is that um, he was uh, actually Ken Pastor at Grace Cathedral in San Francisco. And uh, due to a budget crunch, he was laid off. And so he was out of work himself and found a, found a job um, helping um, campus ministers, ministers on college campuses, uh, who themselves were being laid off. And so through a series of steps, he ended up um, uh, writing what was initially going to be a pamphlet and, and turned into a book um, to help uh, these ministers. And and uh, he started getting, uh, he self-published it, and he started getting orders from a variety of corporations and government organizations because it was the only really good compendium of uh, job hunting tips at the time. And uh, so he rewrote it for the, the, the average person and uh, he and a publisher 
called Speed Press found each other, and and that's how how the book came into being. So um, it's um, it's in its forty uh, second um, edition this year. I don't think we even mentioned yet the title of the book. It's oh, okay. Yes. Is your parachute? Right. Right. Yeah. And I remember I got my first copy of that, I think, back in the 80s, but I don't, I don't know exactly when it came out. Do you remember? First year was 1970, actually. So oh, wow. 70, yeah, 71 was when it was, okay. um, was first published. And uh, I have a, up here on my, my bookshelf, I have you know, probably the majority of those editions, including the, uh, the first one. It was just for, uh, for campus ministers. And it comes out annually still, right? It, so it's updated annually. So um, he gets a tremendous number of letters from people all over the world. And his focus is on what works. So he is, each year includes a variety of new ideas. He's always trying to reflect what's in the zeitgeist. What are the issues that people are dealing with? So during the recession, um, he, you know, he had an edition that was um, called the hard, hard Times Edition, which was really about how you find work when it's very difficult. And he's continually updated it every year to include a variety of new, new perspectives and, and issues that are, um, that are challenging for the, the current era. But there's also sort of a, a bunch, a couple dozen of um, consistent ideas. He's got 25 ideas that, that are unique to Parachute that have been consistent throughout pretty much all the editions uh, since the beginning. Great. So you, you got started in the career industry and you circled back around and you're doing this now, right? So, yeah. So, so one of the things that I learned after uh, going through this, this process, the, the, you know, the, the doing my own flower and, and uh, training other people is, is um, there's, there's really two takeaways. You know, you should, you should, um, you should do what you love um, and, uh, and, and you should really be proactive about going to find that thing. And so um, I actually showed a real affinity for computers early on. I really, um, some of the early word processing and, and office productivity applications, I seemed to pick up pretty quickly. So I've, I realized I just really liked working around computers. So I moved from the East Bay area to Silicon Valley and uh, got the first job I could find working with computers, uh, which happened to be quality assurance uh, software testing. Uh, which sounds complicated and and uh, technical, but it's actually it ended up being easier than I thought it would be, and so that then morphed into a series of of uh, roles in the computer industry. I went from that to running a training department for the computer company I was working with. Ended up working with a computer consulting company, and then uh, through a friend, I ended up writing for uh, computer magazines and found I liked that a lot. So um, from the first time I wrote a freelance article. Uh, within a year, I was the uh, editor editor in chief of an early technology magazine in 1990, and uh, so for 10 years, I was I was an editorial director for um, a variety of tech magazines, and uh, and intermittently did a couple of software startups as well, uh, and then that that morphed into becoming an event producer, and um, uh, so working with a variety of high tech companies um, producing events, and uh, then I. I Sort of came back to the startup business, and uh, my father and I, with a with a third partner, we started E Parachute a couple of years ago to to basically take his ideas um, and uh, you know which melted a lot of the sort of things that I've done before, everything from software to developing great content, and uh, and start developing software that was inspired by uh, by Parachute. 
And that's what I was really interested in right now is to hear more about e-parachute and what that is and, and where it's headed. So um, the, obviously with, with what College of Parachute, I follow has um, done an incredible job coming up with a variety of exercises that help people go through career planning, um, understand the unique things about themselves. Um, he, you know, he's got um, in, in, in the flower, um, he's got seven different attributes of um, a person that drive career decision making and, um, and help people to be able to um, understand the key attributes of themselves that, uh, that help them to be able to determine what they, they think their next step should be. And so um, what we've done is we realized that there are, there are, you know, there are people, especially um, we, we care a lot about uh, younger people and, and sort of the things that they, um, the transitions that they're going through. Um, and we care a lot about every population, but we've, we've focused a lot in our thinking of um, what we're doing with the parachute on initially on a younger crowd, a college age crowd. Um, and um, what we find is that, you know, just, translating those exercises directly um, online. Uh, you know, younger people especially have us, you know, you know, you might call short attention span theater. They're, they're used to apps and getting things quickly. And so we've um, it sort of adapted some of the thinking uh, from Parachute and try to figure out, well, how can we get help people to get, you know, the quickest information about themselves? Um, and so we've, we, we help people. You go to go to e parachute right now, and there's an application. Uh, can be used on a, a computer. Can be used on a, a mobile phone. Um, and uh, the idea is, how do we help you to get some quick insights into some of those attributes about yourself that are most uh, important in in terms of, of career decision making? And so uh, we help people to understand really quickly what some of their their um, preferred special knowledges are. Those are the, the knowledges that are very rooted in uh, particular fields. What are the things that they've learned and the things that, that have most sparked their interests? Um, we help them to understand their transferable skills. Those are the skills that can be used in a variety of different situations uh, and are the most useful in adapting to new kinds of work. And then we help them understand their um, uh, preferred people environment and the kinds of people that they like to be around using something called the party exercise. And we put all those in the, the context of what you love. So um, if, you, if you think of, you know, each of us is a unique set of these various attributes. And, and there are things that we're, we're, we're good at on a, on a range from, you know, just starting out to mastery. And there are things that we love from... Yeah, maybe not that great to absolutely something we want to be able to do every day as often as we can. And so the, the you know, the magic uh, sweet spot is things that we're good at and things that we love. And it turns out that those are self-reinforcing. You, you tend to be good at what you love and you tend to love what you're good at. So, um, so we help people to get those insights, especially younger people to get those insights uh, as rapidly as possible. And then we help them to start thinking about exploring. Well, what are some of the things given these unique attributes about yourself, what are some of the kinds of majors you might want to study if you're, you're still um, you know, involved in your early education, your, your college education? What are some of the things that you might want to do in the world of work? Where are places that you could use as a jumping off point to start doing some informational interviewing? And so our focus is, is on that sort of you know, early part 
of the decision-making process. And then we'll, we're going to be adding more exercises as time goes on to help with you know, some of the mechanics of the actual uh, career or job search. So you mentioned college students. Is this exclusively for college students, or can you go as far back as high school? Or So maybe... good question. So, so um, we actually are getting requests to also help kids uh, in, in the high school era. The the, the difference, so, so, so um, just to back up a little bit, the, the, the way that sort of the framework we tend to, to think about this is when you go through your life, my, my father actually wrote a book back in 1986 that was just um, right, right on the mark called The Three Boxes of Life. When you go through your life, he called out that there's these three boxes. There's this big chunk of education at the beginning of your life. Then there's this big chunk of work. And then there's this big chunk uh, of, well, now, uh, hypothetically, uh, leisure in, in, you know, what we call the period formerly known as retirement. Um, you know, the, the, the traditional retirement uh, uh, window is, is, you know, rapidly closing for a lot of people, and, and not in all cases for bad reasons. But, um, but basically, you had this, this, these three boxes, education, work, and leisure. And, uh, and so what you find is that when you're in the education box, you've learned all the rules for that. But each time you go into a new phase, uh, you go from middle school to high school, you go from high school into college, there's a new set of rules. And so adapting those rules can be a little challenging. So the answer is yes, it can be very helpful for uh, high school students, but they don't have a lot of work experience typically. And so the more experience you've had, uh, the easier it is to be able to mine that experience, to help you to mine that experience, to figure out what that might indicate for what you could do going forward. And so it's a little bit more, we'll probably do more to adapt to just talking about interests and favorite classes and, and things like that, or favorite books, uh, rather than looking at, say, you know, prior education experience or prior work experience, um, which is, you know, all that data, you just have a lot more information about yourself when you're older. So, um, so yes, we think a younger population can do it. We think an older population can do it. We're actually, um, we're working very closely with AARP, uh, which is um, obviously focused on a much older crowd, 50 plus, uh, but we're working to adapt um, e-parachutes applications to um, also help that older population because the, the underlying premise that there are these unique characteristics about you and you can gather that information pretty efficiently online if you help people to go through it, you know, relatively um, efficiently. And then that can drive new insights into the kinds of things that you might be able to do um, in the world of work. You know, that, that's an evergreen. That, that, that's immutable. It works, it works for all populations. It's just, you know, a little bit of the, the framing and how the questions are asked and the, and the amount of experience that the person has that you need to adapt to. Yeah, I can see where getting information in a book is wonderful, but having that interactivity of a website application and the immediacy of it would be really nice. Well, especially, especially, sorry to interrupt you, but especially because um, a lot of these questions are sort of open-ended. They don't have to have an answer um, in, in that they don't have to point you specifically to say, oh, because you answered this, you must do this job. That's actually... That's really not the, the the right context, or you know, what you want is you want people to be able to go through this this kind of a process and get much better information about themselves, and then figure out where they want to apply it. Um, in parachute, that's 
you know, the way that that's organized is um, it talks about uh, what, where, and how. So the first thing you want to learn is, well, what are those unique characteristics about me? And again, in the flower, there are seven, you know, they're in a set of seven. But um, so once you understand that, now where could those unique characteristics be most valuable to me? Where, where would I want to be um, applying my energies? Where would I want to work? And then, um, uh, so after you've got the what and the where, you've got a bunch of ideas about where you might want to work, then it's a how. Now it's down to the mechanics. And unfortunately, with a lot of people, when they go through job hanging and a career change, they jump right to the how. They think they have to write a resume. They think they have to get good at interviewing. And, and those things are still important in today's market. But the importance has shifted dramatically. Um, you know, there, there are more and more employers that are looking for people who really do know what they want to do or, or understand what their unique capabilities are and can help the employer to do the math as to where they should fit. I see. So it's much employers are much more cognizant now that potential employees are aware of who they are and what they want to do rather than just qualified technically to do a position. So um I, I don't want to make too many generalizations, but I'd say certainly, you know, I'm based here in Silicon Valley. And so we, you know, we definitely see sort of this trending. Um, and what you find is that employers, especially when they're, when they're looking for things like software engineers or, you know, marketing people, or, you know, there's, there's a, there's a, um, there's a lot of competition for these jobs, uh, but there's also a lot of need. And so um, you find that, especially in the technology world. And I think this is gonna become truer and truer in other industries as well. Uh, technology industry tends to be sort of the canary in the coal mine for new uh, human resources practices, for the new ways that people work. And what you see is that companies are, especially in, in high growth and rapid change arenas, are increasingly finding that if you bring somebody in and they've got a very, very rigid specialty, um, it's challenging in a, in a world that's going to keep on changing. And what is often seems to work really well, both for the company and for the individual, is that people are hired a little bit more for a profile than they are for a very, very specific skills match. So, and that profile has a number of characteristics, but you can think of them all as sort of, sort of cultural aspects. You know, what, what kind of person would be successful in this company? And it's things like, um, you know, the, the company's culture around being more entrepreneurial in thinking or the company's cultural around collaboration or um, uh, people having initiative or, you know, those sorts of things. But you find increasingly that Silicon Valley companies are hiring more for these kind of cultural profiles. And then the skills match is actually something that is, um, you know, can change. Uh, the person can change, the job can change, the requirements of the company can change. And so you find that you actually need people who are pretty adaptive. And what that means is that the rigid requirement for a very specific skill set is still true in a number of different jobs, but in increasingly in many jobs, companies are more open to finding somebody that matches that cultural profile and then the skills, they, they, you know, if they're adaptable and they, 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 they're quick learners and that sort of thing, you know, that's something that can be developed over time. Right. I, I think in good to great, he referred to it as getting the right people on the bus. Right. The bus can change directions, but you got to have the right people on the bus to begin with. Correct. Yeah, exactly right. That makes a lot of sense.
Now, you've done a lot of different things over your career. You, you listed a few of them. Can you tell me something about the, the biggest hurdle that you faced in your career as things were changing and how you overcame that hurdle? So, uh, you know, I, first off, I would recommend, and not, not that it's, it's, you know, readily accessible, but certainly a- anybody in their early teen years, um, uh, their, their early work years, having the experience of talking to a lot of other people who, who tell you, um, you know, basically that they, you know, don't get stuck in a dead end job. Um, you know, there, 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 there are two takeaways that I think are really, really important. Then I'll talk about the career hurdle part. So uh, a little circuitous route. Um, uh, the, um, my wife is a, a producer of, of online uh, media and she's done this, this project uh, with, with um, Google uh, for their international science fair competition. And one of the questions that she has the, the online hosts ask at the end of each show of these amazing scientists and technologists who are guests on this show is uh, uh, if you could go back in time and give yourself advice when you were a teenager, what's the one piece of advice that you would give yourself? And there are two consistent answers. Almost every single person says one or both of these two answers. The first one is do what you love. And the second one is it all works out. So you, you want every single teenager on the planet to hear those two messages. Because you know if these are people who are, when they're older, wishing that they had been able to give this advice to themselves when they were younger, it's pretty good advice. You know? And so, um, so anyway, I was lucky enough to get both of those pieces of advice when I was 19 from, you know, the, as the takeaways from counseling a lot of people. And so I haven't ever really felt that I hit a hurdle from a career standpoint where I didn't feel like I had opportunities for the next step, which I guess is what I would wish for everybody. For me, it's more an issue of uh, what I would call an advanced case of adult attention deficit. I, I think everything's fascinating. I, I, I am just, Absolutely. I, I, every time I find something new or a new field or, you know, a new thing that I might, you know, project to work on, you know, I'm just endlessly fascinated by these things. For me, it's always a matter of prioritizing. It's a matter of really, fig, you know, figure out what's the thing to do now, what's the thing to focus on, and um, and not what are the possibilities for the next step. So, um, so I guess you know that's a gift in that I haven't ever felt like I was at a you know, career stopping point or, you know, it hit a, hit a barrier or a wall, but it's a, it's an ongoing hurdle because, um, you know, it's just a matter of focus and, and continuing to, to, you know, get done the things that need to get done. And so, you know, the, for me, you know, you parachute having that, you know, having a startup and, and focusing on getting great products out the door and, and you know, in the hands of, of people who need them is actually a great forcing function. It's really, it's, it's helpful. It's, it's one of the best uh, counters to that uh, adult ADD problem. Right. So your your hurdle is really a challenge of just staying focused and, and staying in one direction. Correct. Now, do you have an overall life philosophy that kind of guides you? It sounds like you probably do. And I guess it's kind of wrapped in some of the things you've said already. But if you could maybe touch on that for a second. Well, again, you know, I, I think um, a lot of things that happen in our in our early years are formative. I mean, for me, uh, being a counselor early on and, and focusing on the needs of others and that sort of thing, I think, really defined a lot of, of sort of my mentality of, of, um, of believing, you know, I, I, the phrase pay it forward didn't exist in my, in my uh, youth, but um, you know, the idea that you help others first 
has always been sort of an underpinning. And the fact that my father's, you know, former minister and, um, you know, a lot of that ethos, I think, was was very, very important to me when I was younger. But I, I'll take one, um, I guess, one perspective, you know, that my, my father has talked about for, for a number of years that I think is um, extremely influential on me. And he, he talked early on about confidence and compassion, about um, the... You could call it the the head and the heart, or you could you know whatever sort of yin and yang you want, but that that e- each of us is is sort of on a journey, but that the two greatest sets of tools we have is our ability to accomplish things and our ability to to um, feel for and help others, and they're not uh, separable, they're they're inseparable. Um, we we each have depending upon what we're doing and. And how we're thinking about it, and the, the focus that we give it, we're we're exerting a set of skills, and we're exerting, um, you know, for lack of a better word, our our, our hearts, um, and our our morals and our values in, in in everything that we do, and in varying degrees. And the things that are most valuable for us is where we bring the skills that we love, and we exert the best possible confidence that we can, and we bring the compassion that drives our hearts, the things that, that help us to be able to guide and shape the, the ways that we want to be in the world. And, um, and, I, and I firmly believe we're, we, we all are on that journey. We're all trying to figure out the right balance for competence and compassion in our lives. And we need to continually strive to advance both, that doing just one, all, all heart with no head means, certainly means helping others and uh, but it doesn't necessarily mean helping others in the most um, efficacious way, helping them, them to, to be the best that they can be. In the same way that confidence without compassion is, um, is, is just accomplishment. It doesn't necessarily mean it has meaning. And um, if there's anything that we've seen through the years of, of um, uh, my father's work in the career counseling field and, and in our most recent work with the parachute is that people are continually striving for meaning. That seems to be a more and more important element in people's lives than it ever was. And so I, I, I feel like those are the two, you know, the balance of those is, is one of the most, um, you know, sort of critical underpinnings for me. I couldn't agree with you more. And it sounds like the perfect time to ask you for a book on personal <laughs> development that maybe could solidify some of these things you're talking about. Well, I, I certainly, I certainly couldn't go much farther than the, uh, you know, than the, uh, than the family, uh, family business. So yeah, I'd certainly recommend the most recent uh, edition of, of uh, what color is your parachute 2015 edition is just a, you know, it's a marvelous um, addition to the, um, to the Pantheon. Um, and then for those who were looking more at the, sort of the mechanics of job hunting. Uh, my father actually came up, uh, came out with two um, new uh, smaller books, but one's focused specifically on resumes and one on interviewing, which again are the, you know, the people, the things that people tend to jump to when they're looking at the mechanics of job hunting. And um, they're really, you know, the, 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 his idea in both of them was how do you rethink them? Like, how do you rethink what a resume is? How do you tell your story in a different way? And how do you rethink what an interview is? How do you tell your story in person in a different way? Because um, they're really just two sides of the same coin. Uh, and so I, I definitely, for people who are especially focused on the you know, sort of mechanics of the job hunt, who hopefully know what they want to do and, and where, and then now are just working on the how part, uh, I highly recommend those as well. 
That's great. So parachute kind of gets you the first part, gets you understanding what it is you really want to do, what means has meaning to you, and then the mechanics with the other two books. Yeah, definitely. I mean, parachute is mechanics as well. There's definitely a lot of the how in um, parachute too, but um, the the rethinking resumes and rethinking interviews are are his most recent thinking on those two topics. So um, highly recommended. Great. Well, I appreciate your time, Gary. I appreciate your thoughts and insights and all your experience and, and being on the show today. No, I really, it's been a wonderful conversation. I really appreciate it. Thanks. This episode of Reverse Interview is over. Please visit reverseinterview.com right now for more information about this episode and to get all of the insider scoop to land your dream job. That's reverseinterview.com. We'll see you next time on the Reverse Interview Podcast.